I'm Amber, we're identical twin sisters from Southern California. While we may look exactly alike, sometimes we think that's all we have in common. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and hang out with us for a little bit. This is Hashtag Twin Life Podcast. Everybody listening out there in podcast land, uh, welcome to the Twin Life Podcast. What's up, Twin? What's up? How are you? I'm, I'm good. Doing good. Quarantining. Oh yeah, quarantine life. Yes. Exciting uh, stuff. It's been pretty fun. Anything exciting happened this week for you guys? Um, we officially signed on our house. That's good. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Um, and so we're just in the process of getting a bunch of things like kind of settled in, so we can get mm-hmm. out there. Our flights were delayed. Yeah, because of all the craziness. So yeah. we are in San Diego for another month. Um, which is fine because Ash and I's birthday is going to come up. She can so record more podcasts. I can record more here in, in, in person, person podcasts, yes. which is great. Um, and then Landon is doing a superb job in the potty training department. Yes, may he I is. say he is doing a great job. He um, he's been like asking, telling us he has to go potty now. So like he'll just look at me and be like, "Poop, poop is pee and poop." So which is fine. It means he has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't really care what he does in the potty as long as he goes to the potty and does it. Yes. So that's really exciting. So that's been fun, oddly enough, uh, since he's getting it and catching on to it so quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened this week. I'm not sure. Well, over here, we bought a mini pool. Oh, right. We did the mini pool. Yes. Because, well, we bought a bubble machine a couple weeks ago and they have one at their house, but we have one here. And then, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, but when we got the bubble machine a couple weeks ago, um, the little boy that's like... in the patio across from us was like looking out and he could see he came running out because he could see all the bubbles that were coming up out of our patio and we ran out of bubbles because we we had it going for like a really long time or whatever and so I was like okay we're out of bubbles so I guess his mom overheard that and so she like ran out of her apartment knocked on our door left the bubbles and then ran back in her apartment and so she left some bubbles there for us so that we can play more bubbles Santa scared the bejesus out of this poor child though oh yeah Santa came out and like barked at him (laughs) and I'm like Santa really and they like ran back inside and then like he came back out and he like we had the bubbles going enough so that they could go over to his side and he could see and so I think that was really sweet that like there was a connection you know like people are still connecting we are still connecting even though we were Saying at and home. no, we didn't like sanitize the freaking bottle down before we brought it in the house. We didn't. We just. I mean, it's bu- it's soap. No, I mean, just wash our hands. Okay, just, just wash mm-hmm. our hands. We're fine. Um, but it was sweet. So I was really happy that that our neighbor. So hopefully, when we are done, because they look the same age. Hopefully, when they're done, Phoenix will have a little friend. We'll be friends. Um, super cute. But yeah, we, we have a mini pool. He's enjoying the mini pool. Um, since we can't go to pools right now, there's some states. Um, like Dallas, I saw some of my friends that went to a water park the other day. What? Um, they'd opened up the beach portion and the pool portion. And so there was like, they opened it up. Oh, in the Hurricane day. Harbor? Uh, I guess it's Hurricane Harbor. No, it's in I Leander. So, so it's not Hurricane Har- Harbor. Um, but in like. Leander. Leander's in, is Austin. Like Georgia. Oh, it's George, it's Austin. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. So in Austin, they opened up something. Oh, 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 the Pflugerville water park. Um, what's it called? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. There's, uh, it'll come to me. It starts with a, a, an S. Anyways, go ahead. But yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but anyway, so they had that. There's, they were doing that. So like people are getting out. Um, San Diego or California has been kind of like the people stepchild situation because apparently we are, we are abiding by the rules, but people are pushing them as far as they can because like we said before, it's beautiful, 70 degrees outside. We're not trying to be inside. We pay <laughs> double, mostly double the amount of money that most people in this country pay just to live in this. And the reason we pay that is because we want to enjoy all We want to go outside. So <laughs> it's kind of like, 
you know, half the year has gone by. We've wasted half a year and the summer is going to start and I don't want to waste a California summer inside. So yeah. fingers crossed that we, we open up to soon enjoy our summer and we can go out, um, go out sooner. So I think you want to go ahead and get started into the, did you see did you hear? Yes. Okay. So we have to mow down the list, I guess, right? Yes. So I have two and I'll talk about my two and then I guess I'll like, you can talk, I guess. Mine, yeah. are, mine are really short. So there's two things that happened this week or yeah, this week and last week. Um, there was a woman that posted, uh, an interesting video online about with her daughter and her in bikinis, uh, on stripper pole. And, uh, a lot of people seemed offended by this. And I think the most offensive part for me was not that she did this. It was more that she decided to put it online. Uh, I think that you should keep some things to yourself and I don't think it's necessary for you to be showing a video that can be very easily sexualized with your little girl that's going to be everywhere. And now this video of this two or three year old is now out for everybody to see and for also for potentially predators to see. Yeah. Um, her neighbors didn't like that too much. They called the police when they saw it and they also called CPS. So, um, we are not here for it. So I please not post sexualized photos of your, or videos or photos of your children. Even things that can be, even for her, I think she may have thought that it wasn't, for some reason she may have thought that it wasn't sexual. It may have been just like something fun for her to do. But if you're going to do that, then don't put her in a bikini. Yeah. Put her in like, both be in yoga pants and a t-shirt and like, you can still, because yes, like pole dancing is a sport. They're not, the only people that pole dance aren't just strippers. People actually athletically do pole dancing. There's yeah. competitions. Um, and so she could have made, if that's like, I mean, maybe she is a stripper. So maybe that is what she does for her career. They didn't say she was, but, but maybe she's a professional pole dancer. Also again, no judgment, but you have to like, but for me, it's just like anything else. Like you're good. You're going to do it in the right way. You you can drink when you're older, when you turn 21, you can drink or whatever. You can smoke or whatever when you're 18, all that stuff. You could participate in a lot of activities. You're 18, go fight a war or whatever. That doesn't mean that I want to see you but in the yeah. comfort of your home, like letting your share year old child. Your, you know what I'm saying? Choosing you. your children. Like, exactly. There's things that like I just feel like aren't acceptable. And I have, you know, kind of said this before, like that I don't think I have a struggle with shame like shaming other moms and just like kind of, you know, um judging them and like their choices. Um I think full well that I'm allowed to judge judge this one. This woman just a little bit. Yeah. I I mean just to be honest, like, I just think that was a bad decision. And you make a lot of the bad decisions as moms, but this one definitely was up there with, like, some of the worst decisions. Yeah. Um, Next. On that topic of motherhood, uh, Jade, how do you spell it? Say last name? Liz Pro? Jade from The Bachelor. Okay. So, Jade <laughs> from The Bachelor. She's married to Tanner. They, they met, met on, to, they met on, the, on Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise. Paradise. They're, like, the Bachelor royalty. We covered a lot of Bachelor, so you guys... If you've been listening to us for a while, you know. Um, and she basically now is pregnant for the third time. And their kids are, like, and the thing that's interesting about that is, like, she just put out a story eight months ago, maybe, about her traumatic birth where she had her birth in her closet in her, in her house. Was it traumatic for her or did she? She said it was, she talked about it on her pod, on their podcast, the Babes and Babies podcast. They talked about how it was really traumatic for her. She tells the whole birth story on there. And she said that it was traumatic for her because she, um, she was planning she, on having a home birth. No, anyway. she wasn't planning on having a home oh. birth. She and Tanner went back and forth about it. And Tanner said, look, I'm not comfortable with you having a home birth. And, um, a lot of people were like, well, she probably just did it because she wanted a home birth. And that's, you know, rude to do to Tanner or whatever. But I, I think like it was a very precipitous birth. Like she literally said that she started having contractions and an hour later, her daughter was born. 
So even if they had gotten in the car, she would have been birthed she on would the have road. birthed her daughter on the road. So there's not literally she tells Tanner like, hey, I'm having contractions. Like they sat down. She's like, we're just going to kind of breathe through it, whatever, and like see how much it goes. And then she goes, OK, I think it's time we should really get ready to go. And he goes and takes a shower. And then next thing you know, she's, she's in the closet. She's in the closet giving birth. And then very shortly after that, EMTs roll up. So, I mean, if you listen to the story, um, their podcast is the Babe and Babies podcast. It's pretty cool. Um, I know the Babes and Babies anymore. Is it called Mommies? Oh, I'm sorry. They changed it. Mommies Tell All. Yes. Yes. Mommies Tell All. It's called Mommies Tell All um, now. And it's it's a really cute podcast. It's a really cute motherhood podcast. They don't talk about just motherhood. So, um, yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, go ahead. Um, Okay. So, this week was graduation week for a lot of people. A lot of our – I saw a lot of our our, – some of our friends – our family cousins. members, our cousins. Cousin of Shaylin, congratulations. Yes, graduated. And she got accepted into college, so yay! yay all that awesome. stuff. Um, so there's a lot of kids that have graduated. This, this, uh, we're supposed to be graduating. So um, Barack Obama did a commencement speech. So if you want to take a look at that, feel free to Google it. A lot of people YouTube performed. It. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. A lot of people like came together to help bring in, like, because a lot of, obviously people didn't get to walk, which is horrible. Yeah. Um, and so, hopefully, I would hope that next year, like, maybe halfway through the next semester or something, not, the high school kids can't really go back and walk, um, but for college students, like, they, they kind of break up, like, if you've ever gone to community college or something, they kind of break up your walks. Yeah, because so, like, there's you so could, many. You could graduate six months after the people that were in your class, and you would walk with the next people or whatever. Yeah. So, they could actually, like, maybe, hopefully, they'll schedule, like... Have, like, a retrograde. A re- yeah, a retrograde, like, walk. Um, I mean, to be honest, Derek was telling me, he's like, I really don't. He's like, I, mean, I don't care if I, in the butt, if I walk. And it was long. He said he didn't want to walk. He's like, I don't care. Give me my diploma. That's Give me my it. diploma. I'll take cute photos in my cap and gown to put in the year, into, in the memory book and then keep it pushing. I've sat through some college graduations. Boring. The last thing you want to yeah. do is sit through three. To the graduates people. out there, it is mad. It is boring. mad. Especially <laughs> if your name is on the last half of the alphabet. God forbid it's G, G, literally people, Z. Something like that is super boring. Now and they make you sit through the whole thing. Like you can't you just get up and leave. Through. Yeah, you gotta sit through the whole thing. They, they won't let rude. you in. Like if you leave, you can't come in halfway through because your kids because your last name starts with like you know J J. No, you're not going to be there with A and all the speeches yes. and all the stuff. So one of the benefits of your kid going to a small school is that you don't have to sit through yeah. a long graduation. Yeah, um, high school graduations aren't that bad. I mean, we had 700 and something kids in our graduating class at Valencia, but they. They burn through them. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so graduations were this week. So if you see anybody, if you know anybody that graduated, please show them some love. Mm-hmm. Um, encourage them. And um, just, I don't know, share your joy and excitement for their accomplishment. Because it's a big deal. Whether it's high school, whether it's fifth grade, whether it's yeah, <laughs> college, master's, whatever. Like, it's a great big, it's a big deal. Yeah, and they should be honored for that. So. Um, and then another, in other Bachelor news, um, Caitlin Bristow, right? Oh, I said it right. Bristow. I thought it was Bristow. Bristow? Yeah, you keep wanting to call her Bristow. I don't know, because it's spelled B-R-I. Yeah, Bristow. S-T-O-W-E. Bristow. Whatever. Caitlin Bristow. <laughs> um, she uh, put out a single this week um, that apparently, like, I mean, people apparently really liked the song. I listened to it just so I could give my opinion on the podcast. Eh. It's I. It was yeah, like, it was okay. I mean, I, Katy Perry just came out with a new single called Daisies, and that that that, is, that, is that song is great. Good. That is a great so, song. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. Caitlin Bristow's kind of sounds like, like, remember when Paris Hilton dropped a single? Yeah. That's kind of how it sounds like. It feels I, like, it's like, but it's not as catchy because because Paris Hilton's song was pretty catchy. Yeah. This song is like, kind of like if a, you know, I don't know, a 16 year old girl wrote a song and then like somebody That wasn't Taylor Swift because Taylor yeah. Swift was writing. 13. 
So, um, but it's just, it did, it, it was about like her breakup with Sean, who was like the guy she picked. And she's now with uh, Jason Tardick, who was on The Bachelor, um, with the season with the Becca, The Bachelorette, the season of The Bachelorette with Becca. So yeah. they're not happy, like loving, sided relationship, which is great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The it's the song is fine. It was fine. Did you listen to it? I heard like the little clip or whatever on Instagram. Yeah. And it was fine. It was fine. I was just like, oh, it's not a bad song. I don't want to spend 99 cents or a dollar to Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I probably wouldn't even thought, so I didn't even search for it on Spotify to add it to anything. So it's yeah, it was, anything, it was so. okay. It was all right. Um, the other thing too was Mary Kate Olsen filed for divorce from her husband of five years. They have like a huge age gap. She's 33, he's 50. Well, they've been married together. He's like a prince or something, like a duke or some sort of like royal person. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and he, apparently the relationship was going downhill before all this coronavirus stuff started happening. Um, but they just never filed for divorce. And so he decided that he wasn't going to renew their lease, which is up in March this month. And so he decided he wasn't going to renew their nope. lease. So without telling month, her. Not this month. I'm this sorry. We're in April. We're in May. We're in May. I'm sorry. It was May 18th when she had to be out. Sorry. Okay. May. Different end month, but May. Yeah. Um, and so he told her that she was going to have to be out, but she didn't give consent to end her lease. And so she was like begging the landlord to be like, hey, please don't end our lease. Like, where, where am I, like, where are we supposed to go? We can't. We're in, they're in New York. Their apartment's in New York. Um, so she filed for an emergency divorce, which got denied. Where was he planning to go? I don't know. I don't know where he was planning to go. But she they, she filed for an emergency divorce which so that she could take ownership of her property. Because she, if she left her apartment, she was worried that he wasn't getting her back her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or he may damage her stuff or whatever. Um, and they have, they have a prenup also. So they have to like, I mean, she's worth $100 million. So her and her sister are worth $100 million. So obviously they have a prenup. But, yeah, it's just a weird situation. I read it. I was like, she filed for emergency divorce. I mean, first of all, I haven't even heard of an emergency divorce unless it's like, like, it, I was like, did she get, did he throw her down the stairs? Why is she yeah. filing for an emergency divorce yeah. during the quarantine? Like, I don't know. It seemed a little, like, extra extra to, like, take it to that level. Like, But she kind of doesn't feel like, she clearly doesn't trust the man if she doesn't feel, she feels like he's going to destroy her stuff. But also, there's plenty of people who end divorces where, like, when they in, start, or, sorry, not end divorces, end marriages, and they start getting divorced where, like, you would you trusted this person when you met them, and then when it came time to like divorce, like you're like you're like, ooh, I don't trust him anymore. So that's yeah. the court judge is like, you're getting divorced. Like, of course you don't think you don't trust your stuff with him. Like, obviously y'all don't want to be together. Y'all don't trust each other. Yeah. So that's not an extreme situation. So I kind of understand, but I don't know. It's that seems pretty. It seemed real extra, but it does seem frustrating though. Like the worst possible time to like be quarantined, right? And then somebody tried to divorce you. So I mean. I don't know. My, our hearts go out to all the people that are dealing with like horrible relationships right now and trying to like sift through the craziness when you're confined. Hopefully, I'm hoping that the majority, I'm hoping that what it does is bring light to scenario, like, cause some people just ignore their issues. Yeah. And so when you bring people in the same room, you really understand like consistently together that you really kind of learn what you can and cannot deal with and handle. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully it forces people to communicate and talk and grow the relationship and decide and realize that they can live with this person or can't, whatever, like, you know, but that's on the lighter end of this, of the spectrum. Obviously there's some, you know, some other frustrating things going on. Um, I talked to, I talked to Kayla, my best friend a little bit, who hopefully we'll have on the podcast at some point about, um, her transition. Now she opened her school, um, today. Yeah. And she, um, she was kind of nervous and concerned about like the overall impact that it's been like the coronavirus has been having on the kids. Yeah. And trying to like, you know, as a teacher, how can she, you know, make the kids still feel safe, make them understand that people aren't all people aren't bad. Like 
we're not staying away from people because they're bad. We're staying away from them for, for, for safety for them and for us. Like how, how do you explain that to a kid? And I just don't really want, I think Ash and I both probably agree on this, but we don't really want our, we don't want our kids to grow up in a world where like our kids don't want to make friends across the street with yeah, other kids. Phoenix started school last week too. He ended up, he's in preschool. And I think it's just, for me, that was a big concern when I was reading the list of like, there's a list of like regulations and requirements and things that like we have to abide by as, as parents and he has to abide by. One example is like the same parent that picks him up has to, or drops him off has to pick him up. So if I was to, if Derek normally drops him off in the morning, if I was to pick him up, I had to stay outside and they had to escort him out with me. Um, he has to, initially when I read it, it was saying that he had to wear a mask um, the majority of the day, as well as the teachers having to wear masks the majority of the day. And I was thinking about, it was like, he plays outside, he runs around, he eats, he naps. Like, how, is he wearing a mask, like, during all of those activities? Yeah. Like, so, you know, I was um, assured, like, after the first day, we decided, you know, we're going to try it out and see how it works. Um, he doesn't have to wear a mask the whole entire day. There's just specific parts of the day where they have to wear it. It's mostly during transitions. Um, they also do keep them in the same classroom. Like they did do a lot of like moving from this classroom to this classroom, but now they kind of keep them in one classroom and they do still go outside very often during the day. So it is still a good environment. And also I was worried about the, the idea of like them not letting the kids, um, interact with each other and like hug each other. And that's a big thing. Like with, with toddlers, especially Phoenix's age, like they hug each other so much and they like want to like take your hand and like show you things. And like, I don't want them to be like scaring them out of touching each other. Yeah. Um, so this is not the world I want them to grow up with. And I feel in, and I honestly feel like it's, it's frustrating because like the little concerns that you already have normally as an adult of like your kids, like in life, like the concerns that I had for him, I, I wish I could go back to like the concerns that I had for him before because, like, in my head, it's, like, wow, that seems, like, such a not quite as big of a deal as, like, this situation where it completely affects our abilities to interact and meet people. And, like, when you watch shows and movies, you're just, like, wow, I really wish when we could freaking just do that normal thing, you know? Yeah. Or, like, when Ash and I were kids, and I'm sure if you're anywhere around our age range or older, you remember when you would just go outside and just, like, see if, like, you would go, like, your neighbor's house and knock on and be like, hey, can Julie come play? Yeah. And you're like, okay. And you just go play for six hours and you just come back. Yeah. Like, first of all, no one does that because people are concerned that you're going to get kidnapped or something ridiculous nowadays. And two, like, you can't do that. Now that person's going to be like, well, um, why? please don't knock on my door without a mask on. And don't come in the house. Stand outside. Julie will come outside. And she's going to wear a mask and stay six feet away from her. And it's just, like, a lot. A lot, you know? Okay, so we do have a couple more things on here. I didn't know if oh, we were that yeah, the candy challenge. Oh, candy, candy yeah. challenge! Okay, so Landon did the candy challenge, fruit um, snack challenge, fruit sta- the fruit snack, fruit snack challenge. Yes, um, which is so cute. Um, he, it's really funny. I put the video up on um, on my Instagram and on the Twin Life, Twin Life podcast, podcast Instagram. So yeah. go go over there, take a look at that. Um, Landon also has an Instagram of his own, but I keep it very private. He's he's little. Yeah. I don't really like all the people. Just mostly family on there. Mostly family on there. Um, but yeah, he's super adorable. So take a look at some of the kids and like see their little cuteness. Basically the challenge is that you put like a bowl of candy or fruit snacks or something in front of a kid and you just put the camera in front of them and you tell them that they can't eat it until you come back and you go away for like a minute and see if they don't eat it and see if they don't eat it. And some kids are freaking like, Landon just kind of just quick as, as I walked away, he was eating it. First snacks in in the the mouth. mouth. And then there's some kids that like, they are just like, they smell it. And they, like, stare at it. And they, like, do all kinds of stuff. I'm going to have to do it again. Like, I'll do it again and like, when Landon's three. And we'll try it again and, like, compare. Because I don't know if he cognitively really understood what I was saying. Like, 
you can't have this. Because I normally, I, when I put food in front of Landon, I'm like, please eat this. Because he's yeah. like, he sometimes he wants to eat a lot and sometimes he doesn't. want. So he was just like, you're not really trying to put this food in front of me and me not eat it. Yeah. So <laughs> he was just like, he literally told me, okay, and then ate it. Like, as soon as I it's watched so it. It's so cute. You guys have to go watch the video. Yeah, go check out the video. And then you had one more thing about, apparently you watched Taylor Tom- Tomlinson. Oh, Spider. right. Yeah. Okay, our stand-up Taylor Tomlinson. She is... So freaking She's funny. hilarious. I'm so glad you watched She it. is on Netflix, and she is hilarious. I had so much fun watching her, um, especially as, like, I mean, obviously, as a 30-year-old woman, like, it's so funny to, like, to watch, like, a 25-year-old, which is, like, six years different, almost, for us. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. We, we turned, turned 30, 20, we 30, 31. In a, I'm not, in a I'm month. not really concerned about 31. I'm not concerned about 31, but it's just, like, when I think about how a 25-year-old is six years, like younger than me I'm like when did that happen anyways so it's funny because thinking when I was 25 I thought a lot like her so I was like cracking up at like yep that's pretty much pretty much how we 25 year old girls think when we're that age <laughs> like it was it was hilarious so yeah. I had a lot of fun I told you it. like it is really funny yeah so check she, it out on yeah. Netflix you guys go watch um, it it's really funny she, she has a really cool um her Instagram has really been really funny um lately she has on Instagram a video of her doing her at-home workouts uh and it's like a really kind of funny parody of like trying to keep in shape and like working out at home and working out at home and stuff. So yeah, go ahead and follow her on Instagram too. She's really funny. If you want like a nice tickle. Yeah. (laughs) A nice little relief from the craziness. Okay. So we're going to get into our topic today. So our topic is actually about our birth stories. So we're going to take turns telling a little bit about our birth stories. Um, if you saw the thumbnail, obviously before you clicked on this video, you saw uh, that we have our um, sonograms with us. Yay. So I have like Phoenixes here. Like, I don't have a whole okay. entire thing here. I Woo-hoo. think my original one is in storage. Mine was only two sheets. Mine wasn't four. They gave think. me all kinds of. I don't think mine. mine if you was four. if you're wondering what we're we're holding up our sonograms right now, since you're if you're listening and if you're watching, you can see our cute little pictures of our babies. And if you are um, listening and, and you haven't, then go to our YouTube and subscribe and hit the bell and watch us also. Exactly. Yes. So um, that's and then this it. one is Landon's. He's so little in there. He's so teeny. he looks so comfortable. Yeah, he's just chilling. I don't okay, have. You, if you've never, so sonograms nowadays are super fantastic, by the way. Like, Ashley yeah, has, like, a 3D print of, like, like his, his face. face really good, yeah. Um, and then this one, this one was just the one, like, the 20, um, I think this was, this is the first time I could get a sonogram, because they don't do sonograms yeah, every this? single This one's 12, 10, 15. So this was, like, right okay. before, this was, like, a month before he was born. This was, I think this was the day that when I got my gender reveal, reveal, yeah, envelope. Um, so he was in Little Nugget. Oh. So cute. Okay, so I think Ashley's gonna go first with her story. Yes. And I'll tell you mine. So we're we're going over the birth stories because um next week. Next week we have our wonderful guest Brooke. She's gonna be she is a postpartum coach. And so we felt like we could go over our go over, over our birth stories on here instead of trying to combine them because we want to hear her story and about her. I'm gonna keep that podcast about you know, all the cool things yeah. and things and exciting things are going on with her. Um, and also when we refer to some things that happened during our bursary, you'll know what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. So, um, so I guess I'm going to try to keep it kind of short. Like I don't want to get like crazy cause it, I mean, it did happen over eight hours. Um, but I just preface like my pregnancy went pretty good, like really well. I want to say pretty good, but I went really well. Um, I found out I was pregnant with Phoenix. Um, I don't even remember what month, but it was like not hundred percent planned. But I mean, I was very happy about it. And like, my mom was like excited for me and she was like, I'm finally going to have a grandbaby. Uh, so we kind of went into it. Um, me and Phoenix's birth father kind of went into it. Like, 
Um, let's just go and see what happens. Um, so we had a really good pregnancy. I continued to work. I worked at this restaurant called the Oasis. If you've been one of our friends for a while from Austin, you already know, but it's a huge restaurant in Austin, Texas. That is literally four stories. Um, and it is kind of ridiculous. Like we lift heavy things. We work 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day, days in a row. Um, and we made great money, but it was very hard for our place to work physically. Yeah. And mentally and emotionally and all the things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, when I found I was pregnant, I my doctor told me, you know, you can kind of keep the same schedule that you have right now, which was a ridiculous schedule for me. It was three doubles back to back, which is a 12 to 15 hour shift a day. Um, 12, well, 12 to 13. I mean, there's very few days we work 15 hours, but like 12 to 13 hours. And then um, 10 to midnight, 10 to one. Oh, you're right. I guess that is 15 hours. <laughs> if oh, we geez. got out of there before midnight on a Saturday, it was like a miracle. Oh, wow. Can you imagine, you people? Can you imagine starting to work, getting to work at 10 in the morning and going, no breaks, till 12 o'clock at night? Well, I feel... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That is crazy. I did this, and I'm. And thank I'm God I not. Thank God I was it. never there, just like counting the hours, because I'd have been stressed. And we both did <laughs> it pregnant, which is like, okay. So I worked those hours in the early parts of my pregnancy. There were a couple of weekends because I had really bad morning sickness. There were a couple of weekends where I literally my 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 um, managers and and everything were there were so great, and they told us yeah, like awesome. literally if you need a day off or you can't come in, just call us. And I was like, okay. So there's times where I took. All, like I normally I'd work through the whole weekend. I would take the whole weekend. I was like, look, I can't do this. I cannot work. I can't work 36 hours in a row. Like 36 hours. You keep saying 36 hours. 12, 12, 12. Right. Okay. Okay. 36 to 42 hours. There you go. Okay. So anyways, so we're not going to argue the semantics of math right now, but I'm just saying, basically on 12 hour days, I couldn't work 12, three 12 hour days back right. to back. I was like, I really can't do this. So once the morning sickness subsided though, in my second trimester, I was like, boom, I can work all the days. So my doctor was kind of like, she told me to cut down my hours when she found out I was pregnant. She found out where I worked and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll cut down my hours. And I pretty much cut down my hours. So like. Instead of working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, double, she worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Singles. Yeah. Or actually, I worked Wednesday through Sunday singles. I still worked on the weekends because that was where okay. the good money was. Whatever. Um, so I did work that. So that's technically still full time. Um, but it's not all at once. Yeah, but it wasn't all in one day. So I was like, ah, compromise. I'm not working this, the same crap I was working. So flash forward to about two months before uh, Phoenix was born, I was starting to have really, really bad um, Charlie horses in my legs. And it was getting really bad. Like there was one point I was in so much pain. I was sitting on the couch and I literally couldn't even like, it didn't matter what I did to my legs. They just like were tensed up like, like rocks, like cramped so bad. I was like crying and it was just horrible. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I went to my next doctor's appointment. I was like, look, I've been getting these really, really bad cramps. She's like, well, you're not hydrating enough. And I was like, I am drinking. I was drinking so much water. It was because the amount of hours I was working, like you can't drink enough water to compensate for that. (laughs) So, and it was hot. <laughs> Phoenix was, I was pregnant with Phoenix in the summertime. So he was born January 3rd. I worked through the whole entire summer pregnant and it was hot in Texas, 110 degrees, ridiculous. And so my body was just so dehydrated. They did compensate for me, compensate um, for me by like having me let it, uh, work, work inside. inside. Um, but still, I mean, 
Like it was hard. It was still hard. I still had to walk outside to go to my car, and it was still hot. <laughs> Which is a quarter and just, mile, like, by the way. And just like function <laughs> in general. Door. Yeah, exactly. Just like function. It was just. It was hard. Being pregnant in the summer in Texas is hard. And it was hard what I was doing, but it kept me in really good shape for, for giving birth. So, um, I started having contractions on, I was, I actually planned a, um, I planned a, uh, induction for his due date, which is January 3rd. Thankfully he made it all the way through New Year's, all the way through. I went out on New Year's, um, didn't get crazy, but I went out, wore heels, looked cute. And I went, I went all the way, um, to, to the January 3rd, and that was the day he was supposed to get, in, I was supposed to be induced, and my mom was coming in town. So she was driving in on the 2nd to be there by the 3rd, and so that I could get induced at 6 p.m. on the 3rd. Well, come January 2nd, like, well, January 3rd at 1 a.m., I start having, like, really, really crazy contractions. I'd kind of been having, like, kind of mild cramps, but, like, Braxton Hicks were pretty common, again, with, like, consistently kind of being dehydrated, like, you, that kind of causes Braxton Hicks. So I was kind of having that throughout my pregnancy, so I was like, my... I was like, I was more like, crap, I'm probably going into labor. because. But I was like, no, I can't go into labor because I'm not supposed to have this baby until 6 p.m. tonight. And uh, so I was just like walking around the house, like denying, denying, denying. And then finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I need to stop denying, be a grown up. And I was like, I need to pack. <laughs> I need to start packing stuff because I hadn't packed anything. Like I was going to like have my mom with me to pack my diaper bag and everything. And we were going to drive to the hospital together and kind of broke and relaxed and whatever and settled. No. So we finally, finally at 3 a.m., I woke up Phoenix's bio dad and I was like, look, dude, like we need to go to the hospital. And he had been drinking the night before and was like, laid out on the couch, laid out on the bed, like packed, I don't kind of sober, I guess, uh, more sober than he was when he showed up or two hours before. And, um, he, we get in the car, he hadn't gotten gas. I told him the day before, I was like, hey, get gas because... We're supposed to be going. And I was like, what if something happens? Like, it is the due date tomorrow. We need to be ready, prepared. Of course, he doesn't get gas. This guy was great. Uh, he didn't get gas. So we get in the car and we drive to, um, we drive and we stop at a gas station to get gas. Mind you, the, the, uh, hospital, St. David's Hospital in Austin was about 25 minutes. We could get there pretty quickly, about 20 minutes with no traffic. Thankfully, it was three in the morning, so there wasn't traffic, but I was like, 20 minutes is a long time to sit in a car when you're having full-blown contractions. So yeah, we get up to the, sure. we get to finally get to the hospital. Um, we, we go through, um, the women's center, women's health center. They take me upstairs or whatever. And I was still having contractions by then. I was still walking. So it wasn't like, and I kind of had to stop here and there, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like hunched over, like screaming or anything like that. It was just kind of like, I was definitely in labor. So we get to the front and I'm like leaned over the front. I'm trying to fill out all this paperwork, whatever. And finally, one of the nurses um, that I had met previously because I had to go to the hospital just for like um, previous two other times. One time because I got rear-ended with one, like in the car with one of my friends, we got rear-ended. And so I wanted to go to the hospital and check. And another time um, was because I was having like consistent uh, Braxton Hicks. And I was like, let me just go and see. And it, again, it was because of dehydrated. I was pretty dehydrated. Um, so I knew this nurse because I'd seen her twice now. And she was like, hey, why don't you come? And I was like, oh, my God, thank God, a face I know. Yeah. Right. Uh, and she checked me into this beautiful, like, it was, like, the suite of sweets of, like, freaking. St. David's has beautiful. Fair flavor delivery floor. Man. It was Amazing. just, it was, I had a window. I was, we were joking about this earlier. I have a, had a window, and it was, like, a real window. Like, you looked outside. It was a courtyard. Yeah. Like, it was so pretty. It was huge, huge room. Um, And 
my, so the nurse that checked me in wasn't my nurse. She just saw, knew my face. I ended up having this younger nurse that came out, or actually she was my nurse until seven. Cause by now it was like five in the morning and they do shift change at 7am. So she was with me at like five till like five in the morning or at five in the morning till, no, I'm sorry. She was with me when I checked in at like three thirty four. And she checked, she helped me. She, I told her I wanted an epidural immediately because I was having like really bad contractions. Like I was on the bathroom, in the bathroom. As soon as I got there, I really had to pee. And I was like, I really had to pee. And I sat down and I was like, I need an epidural as fast as you can get me one. Because I knew that, I've heard people say that like when you, the anesthesiology can take a long time. And I was like, I've already been waiting, like going through this for like three hours. I'm not trying to wait any long. Like if I have to wait an hour, I'm trying to tell you now, like put my name on the list. <laughs> so she's like, no, no, no. It'll be like 20 minutes. Just like, you just have to sign a form and I just need you to get off the toilet and get in the bed. And I was like, okay. So I come out of the bathroom and bio dad is passed out. Great. So I'm basically in the room by myself. It was peaceful in there. So that was one thing I'd have to worry about nonsense or whatever. So we were just like, we were, I was just like resting in there and then it was starting to, oh, starting to get really, really painful. Still not screaming. I'm very like calm, I guess, in painful situations. Um, and she comes in and she's like, anesthesiologist here. And I was like, cool. So they give me the, the epidural. I got it by myself. He wasn't even awake. I got it by myself. I sat there and I was like, by then, by this time, like I was so immune to like needles and like getting poked and blood drawn and prodded and whatever I was just like yeah we always say if you are if you are having aversion to the hospital I had never been checked into the hospital for anything until I was giving birth yeah so I I didn't understand like I knew hospitals but I didn't like getting shots like I was just like and then just all up in your stuff all the time so if you have if you are worried about that by the time you give birth. You will no longer you will not care. You will not care. Yeah. <laughs> so I get the epidural and I tell the nurse, like, or the anesthesiologist, I'm like, hey, I really need you to tell me what's going on. I really want her to talk me through the process because that was going to keep me calm. Anytime I get a shot, like, I literally stare right at them when they're drawing blood, right at them when they're giving shots. And they're always like, that is so weird. Like, are you sure you don't want to look away? And I was like, nope, I don't want to look away. I want to see what's happening. So, um, they gave it to me and it went in great the first time. And the only thing was weird was that it numbs, like, it numbed me really well, but it numbed like my, like my right side really good. And then my left side, I could still like, I couldn't feel the full blown contraction, but I could still feel like the tension, like, like the cramping or whatever. So yeah. I was like very concerned that like, when you start pushing. Yeah. I was concerned like, yeah, when I start pushing, like we're going to get to the point where I need to push and it's going to be like super painful. And I was like, this is the whole point of an epidural, like <laughs> no pain. Um, so they come in, they actually gave me a boost. I forget the name. There's like a technical term of like giving you a boost to the epidural and that numbed me like all the way up to my chest. I was like, okay, we need to. So after that, I didn't ask for any more. Cause I was like, we're just going to have to num- like tone this down a little bit. That was a little bit too much. Yeah. They say like, you feel like you're, um, drowning in water. That was my biggest concern about the epidural was some people say that when you get the epidural, it feels like you're like drowning. Cause everything goes real numb really fast. I was really like, I was like, please don't let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have that sen- sensation, but I, so what happens next, I, I think this might have something to do with it. So after I got that the boost of the epidural, they kept having to flip me over because like, um, I don't know what was happening, but I think that Phoenix's vitals were, D cells were happening. So like his vitals were like not where they were supposed to be. Um, so at one point it, I was sitting back and they went down so low that the alarms and stuff went off. And like, I remember feeling kind of like really sleepy. And I guess that sensation was not, was like my blood pressure dropping really low which some people have a problem with their blood pressure going too high. Mine was going too low, which was causing issues with Phoenix. And so um, a bunch of doctors and nurses come rushing in there. They sit me up. I immediately throw up, which I'm pretty sure after watching, listening to all the birth stuff, it was, I was going through transition. 
um, at that time, especially since like I literally ended up giving birth like three hours later. Um, so I'm going through, oh, and I had the new nurse by now, by the way, the new nurse was in. So it was after seven, she was there and she was very sweet. It was like her first, I was her first patient by herself. Uh, but she was so sweet. And I was like, I'm not going to make her feel weird. Like nobody wants to be made feel like you don't want to be the mean person that like scares this poor nurse from <laughs> never wanting to be a ner- like a maternity nurse again, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to be a really good person. So I, so I throw up, she gets me a thing. I throw up in the thing and, uh, she, she, so they, they, the doctors rush in. They're not really telling me what they're doing. They're like, lay me, they sit me straight up and they lay me straight back. And then they're like checking all these things. They do something. I have no idea what they're doing, but they're all rushing in. For those of you who are sitting, getting into the story and going, where were you? I was asleep because I thought that since Ashley went to the hospital with Ding Ding, that she was fine until <laughs> that I got there. That I had a support That system. she had some sort of support system until I got there at nine in the morning. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did not have. It was, but I didn't feel bad about it. Like I did. I do. When I hear the story, I'm I so feel bad. bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it upsets me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, next time around, I will have a great support system. Derek is going to be completely different. Um, okay. So the, all this is, stuff is happening. They all rush out of the room and I asked the nurse, like, what like what happened? She was like, "Well, we were, you know, we were having something about could the heart be and like five D cells, blah, some something, something I don't, I didn't understand when she was telling it to me, but something was wrong and all the doctors had to come in. So she, they all leave, like as fast as they came in, they all rushed out and they laid me back down and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "That was a little bit weird, but okay, I'm I'm good, I guess." She's like, "Okay," so um, I was like, "So I'm just gonna rest now." And so I like rested and I was like texting the whole time. I'm like, I'm still texting Amber, texting my mom, trying to see where my mom is. My mother goes to the wrong hospital. Yes. By the, I guess around this time, my mom had driven to the wrong hospital, which was actually like, Round Rock's like 45 minutes away from like, it wasn't that Mopac. far. If you get on, no, if you hop on Mopac, it takes you 20 minutes. It takes you maybe 15 minutes. If you do not get on Mopac, it takes longer. Take especially the time of day longer. it was. It was like rush Nine. hour. It was like yeah. 7 a.m. Yeah. So she'd been driving overnight and she was trying to, she was rushing, trying to get there. I actually didn't. From Atlanta. Know. Okay, so Amber had to tell me, yes, from Atlanta, Amber had to tell me that my mom was trying, went to the wrong hospital, because I don't remember this, that she went to the wrong hospital, because we're all, like, texting back and forth, right? And, oh, I had called, I did call my friend Olivia, and she called Amber. She called me at 3 a.m., and I was like, hey, yes. your sister going there? I was like, cool. I was like, okay, Because I didn't want to bother anybody, I wanted to wait until I was actually checked in the hospital. I was like, okay, cool, I'll be there at, like, 9. Yeah, because, like, assuming labor's going to take a long time, like, it you took can, another couple hours after that. I know, but... No, if you got there at nine, Phoenix was born, born at, 11. at eleven. Okay, it took another couple hours of for that. him to be born. But okay, anyways, I'm just saying. So we're thinking like you had time. You did have time, which is why I didn't call you. I was like, okay, most people like first baby. We're looking at eight to twelve hours, like minimum. Like I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking like we that is what they tomorrow. tell you. It is not true. If this is your first baby, prep for it to be like like it's your sixth baby. Yeah, you never, especially know. if your mother has like really fast births, which yeah. our mom. Had really fast births. So, um, anyways, okay, so let me finish my story. So, basically, we get to the point where uh, I'm still waiting for my mom to come. They've, they, all the doctors and nurses have left. And um, I'm just, like, chilling in there. And then finally at, like, 9 o'clock, a nurse comes in. By the, now the sun's up. A nurse comes in and is like, hey, like, you're nine and a half centimeters. Like, it's going to be ready to go pretty soon. I was like, well, no. Like, my mom is on our way here. Like, we need to, like, can we still wait? Do I need to start pushing right now? She's like, well, we could di- wait till you're dilated fully to 10 centimeters. When you're dilated full 10 centimeters, like, we are we are going to probably start, like, setting up the room for the baby. And I was like, okay. So they start setting up the room for the baby. Amber gets there. My mom gets there. And we start pushing at about 10, 15. And I am behind the curtain. And Amber's behind the curtain. She's not with 
with dating. dating. So she doesn't want to, <laughs> he doesn't want to see, she doesn't want to see. So it's just me and my mom and that's all I needed. I just wanted my mom right there because she's given birth to four babies, one set of twins. And I was just like, you know what's going on. So at some point they mentioned forceps and my mom, cause Phoenix, apparently Phoenix's head is gino- was ginormous. He has a big head. head. I don't know the dimensions of his head when he was born, but he had a really big head. Still does have a really big head. Uh, <laughs> and they were concerned. My mom was concerned about me getting a really bad tear or whatever. And there's some kind of controversy about episiotomy. I'm not sure if I, if second time around, if I will get episiotomy because they basically say like an episiotomy is like the, the best analogy I heard is like, if you try to rip a piece of like cloth, just like bare rip it, it won't rip. But if you cut, if you cut a little bit into it'll it, rip it'll more. rip more. So that's kind of like the thought process behind episiotomies um, is that you don't want to get one. You just want your body to do what it's supposed to. Yeah. However, I have heard other women who have said that they didn't get an episiotomy and they got like a third degree tear. So I, the, like in the situation, <laughs> knowing what I knew then, I'm happy that I got it because Phoenix's head came out right after that. So about 45 minutes of pushing. We didn't have to use forceps, even though they pulled out these giant, scary forceps that look like salad tongs. And I was like, uh, I, yeah, I told Blake, I was like, if they bring in forceps, we're going, we're doing a C-section. <laughs> like you're not yanking my son out of me. Yeah. There's so many mine. things that are bad. Like you can hurt their neck. You're going to bruise their face. Um, there's so many things that are not great about that. So anyways, so they get the forceps. They don't use the forceps. They just do the episiotomy and his head comes out. And, um, I don't, he was there. yes, he was there crying a perfect 11, eight pounds, 11 ounces. And I think it was 21 inches long. So he was a big, he's big, big baby. And he came out, he was crying, he was screaming, um, which is all I wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear him crying and screaming. I don't remember if they gave him straight to me, um, but I did eventually end up with him. I have so many pictures of him just like laying on me. And um, they cleaned him up uh, reluctantly. Uh, his bio dad cut his cord. Um, he was like weirded out about it first and then he was convinced to do it. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much it. So he was born at 1105 on January 3rd and about an eight hour process, seven, about, I guess like from the time I first felt my first contraction, I guess it was like 11 hours or not 10 hours, 10 hours, which that is a short birth. That is, that's (laughs) a short labor and birth. Like I I hear people talk about even our close friends, 20 hours, 20 20 hours, 36 hours, 72 hours, just like crazy, crazy. So I am so blessed that like that is in our genes because when you're, you're about to hear now, she had a similar time time span. So, so, so go ahead. Um, okay. So with Landon, it was, I was working at the Oasis also. So I was like physically I, I didn't work in the summer I was, wasn't it wasn't in the summertime like it was the end of the summer when I found I was pregnant with Lana it was in July so like I it was the end of the summer by the time I basically checked the, the exit of the season yeah, at the oasis God. so it wasn't very hot I mean it was still hot but it wasn't <laughs> like a hundred plus degrees outside yeah um and it started to slow down at work so I wasn't working a bunch of crazy hours and by December um I couldn't I wasn't allowed to work anyway like I was I was like in it. I was I was working out thirty minutes every morning and doing going yoga. To work. I was doing yoga. I was like trying to stay like in it and fit the whole time because I wanted to make sure that I at least was able to get back to the which I didn't, but I wanted to be able to get back, to, back. The, to, to the position I was in. <laughs> um, and so I ended up where Landon like so I ended up going having to go to the hospital in December because he because I started feeling like contractions early on. Yeah. Um, and so I was in the hospital on Christmas Eve, which was sad. Blake and I were in the hospital on Christmas Eve or on Christmas, the day before Christmas Eve. So the 23rd of December. Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas, Christmas Eve Eve. Um, and 
it, I don't know, it was kind of sad that we, like, had to be there and, like, we were snuggled up on this bed. We were, like, the only ones in the hospital, like, for, like, 25 minutes or, like, for, like, 25 minutes for, like, two days, a day and a half. Yeah. Um, but everything was fine. I got a couple of progesterone shots and they sent me on my way, but then put me on bed rest and, like, told me, she basically showed me I wasn't, couldn't work at the Oasis anymore. Um, and oh, I had we to take, had the same doctor. I forgot yeah, that. Dr. Truitt. Shout yeah. out to Dr. Truitt. Yes, we both had the same doctor. My she doctor awesome. didn't make it to deliver Phoenix, but she did make it to deliver Landon. So. Yeah, she was there to to make it to to get well, Landon. Yeah, because I was supposed to be induced at six, and I he was born at eleven in the morning. Well, so. Landon was a Landon was a, he was supposed to be he was due on the twelfth or eleventh. <sighs> I can't remember. I think he was due that he was he was originally scheduled to be born. I think on it was the 12th. a couple of days later. He was born on the tenth. Yeah, I think we left the hospital on the day he was supposed to be born. Yeah. Um. And so. Yeah, it was great. So we, so that happened. So I kind of got through that. It kind of sucked though because I couldn't work out anymore. I wasn't as physical. So I gained way more weight than I wanted to actually gain weight, which really, really made me sad. Um, and so I ended up going another, like the rest of the time, everything was fine. Basically physically didn't have any main, really many major issues. So the, so the day of the hospital. So the whole plan that we had situated was, well, granted, Blake and I moved. Like, Blake, we moved on March 29th. Lena was born April 10th. So we moved apartments. So we got the whole apartment set up. The only thing we didn't get done was the nursery. So we were supposed to set the nursery up that day. And Ashley flew in two days before I was supposed to give birth or till like, Lena's due date. And um, her freaking flight was late. So I ended up um, sitting, on, sitting, like, out in the parking lot in the car for, like, an hour, extra, like, an extra hour. Yeah. Um, which was... Not fun, but I started having contractions then. So it was about six o'clock when I started having contractions. And I was like, eh, it's fine. Like I've had these, like, they weren't, they weren't debilitating. They were just kind of like, kind of the similar ones I had had when I had gotten checked in the hospital before. Um, so I was like, okay, I mean, if they, you know, get worse or speed up, then we'll just have to, but I mean, I'm fine for now. Yeah. Um, and so we went to the hospital. Ashley did drive because I was uncomfortable by then, so she drove. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, we get we get home, get to back, back to my place, and I we kind of just like shut hung down out. the night, like hung out. Yeah. Talked, um, talked, and I kind of told her what it like. I showed her Landon's room, and it was basically just a whole bunch of bags of like uh, baby this, shower stuff. Yeah. And none of it was organized right away. Yeah. So I'm like upset because I'm like, my son is not gonna have any like when like way later. I'm like upset about this because I'm like, there's nowhere for Landon to be. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because if you've had a first or second baby, he like he doesn't sleep in there anyway. Yeah. He sleeps in there anyway. But so um, at about five thirty in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, I start. I wake up having the contractions wake me up, and so I was like, okay. So I look at my watch and I'm like, or look at the clock on my watch and have this at the time. But I'm looking at the clock. And I'm like, okay. So it's this time. I need to start counting like seconds and then you know see how close they are. And I was about five minutes apart. So I was like, time to go to the hospital. Five one one. Time to go to the hospital. So wake Blake up at 5.30. I'm like, babe, it's time to go. He's like, to go, go. I'm like, yeah, time to go to the hospital. I'm like, <laughs> to go, go. Okay. <laughs> he's like, okay. He's like, okay. And then he gets up. And he's like, do I need to, do I have time to take a shower? I'm like, yeah, babe, like take a shower. It's fine. He's like, okay. And then Ashley's like yelling at him, telling him like, get out of the shower. Cause like, I, like, Ow. I had to get in the shower. <laughs> I wanted to take a shower because I, I was, I knew I was like, I'm not going to get to take it. First of all, like I want to take a shower. So I was fresh and clean for all the goop that was about to come out. Yeah. You know, so I was just like, I want to make sure I at least got a good shower in before I should take a shower better, for two yeah. days. I felt refreshed. So we're able to um, take a sh- we're able to take a shower. We get in the car. It's a little bit before six o'clock. There was no traffic at that time of morning, and Blake is hauling butt to this. Like he is driving so fast to this freaking thing, and I'm just I'm slowly getting more and more uncomfortable. So by the time we get to the hospital, I'm I'm uncomfortable. 
Yeah. And so I'm standing there kind of Car like, ride's the worst part. Yeah, I'm standing there like with my head like kind of leaning up against the countertop um, when we get upstairs to the prenatal ward. And I was just like... I was like, babe, can you fill out the paperwork? And he was just like, yeah. He starts filling me, starts asking me questions, like filling out the paperwork. They get it. Ashley leaves and goes home to sleep for a little bit because she was working at the Oasis that afternoon. Yeah, for a couple of shifts. Which, by the way, she flew in. So Ashley didn't. Ashley lived here in San Diego at the yeah. time. So she flew in from San Diego, which is why I picked her up from the airport. Right. But then she picked up shifts at the O also because you can do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> made, made a little money. Yeah, I made a little money because well, I knew it was going to take a while. Yeah. So we go to let's see. So after, so we get, we're in there, we go into this room, we go into a triage room and um, they lay me down, they check and see how dilated I am. I'm about, I think I was like three or three or four centimeters. I think it was three centimeters. I think I was four centimeters dilated when they checked me into the hospital. I was like, she said two or three centimeters dilated, which was, I wasn't moving very quickly. She said, so, which is not true, womp, womp. which was not true. So she was yeah. like, as so, opposed to me, when I checked in, I was, so I was she was asking yeah. me like what my pain level was and I, I have a, apparently I do the pain scale wrong. Um, but she told me my, she asked me what my pain level was and I said it was about like a seven. She was like, okay. So, you know, she was like, so she was like kind of trying to chart my contractions and I was having severe pain in my lower back, which I learned was back labor. Not fun. Smells like someone's kind of stabbing you in the back every few minutes. It hurt really bad. So what she would do was like every time I'd have a contraction that was painful, she would put pressure on my lumbar spine, which is called counter pressure, counter pressure on my spine. And it would help. And then she was like, okay, so what I want you to do is just walk around the hospital for like 45 minutes. And then after 45 minutes, we'll check back in with you and see how you're doing. The longest 45 minutes of my life. Well, you should have told her seven. It was so, I should have told her 10 and she would have checked me in the hospital. (laughs) It hurt so bad. Like it literally would stop me. Like I would lean up because they have these railings because it's like the walking path of the pregnant women. So I had pregnant women lapping me while I'm like every couple minutes I'm leaned up against the wall and Blake's like putting counter pressure on my back. He did that for like five hours, like, because it took that long for me to get my epidural. So I didn't get my epidural till Landon was born at about three something, four something in the afternoon. I didn't get my epidural till like an hour or so before that. So yeah, long. when I got back from work, you had just gotten it. It was long. It was a long Ooh, time. Buddy, y'all should have just I gone just, home. I was just gone home and done what? That. And you're comfort of your own home. No, because then I have to get back in the car and drive. <laughs> you're right. You're I was right. already there at the hospital. So yeah. if, if for whatever reason, like the somebody gave birth before the anesthesia, then maybe it would open up for me to get, I just didn't want to move anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, do you know how much work it is to get out of my gown, in my clothes, into the car? To, no. I got you. That's a lot of work. I yeah. was already there. So I just curled up on my side and every couple, Blake, literally his chair was this close to me the whole time. And this, is this close to me the entire time until he like, then our friends got there. We had a bunch of friends that came in. It was, it was really nice. They came in and supported yeah, me. We, like, I was there. They brought finally. food. They brought bottles of whiskey. My mom they, was there. Like, Ashley, Kayla, all of our friends, like we just hung out. Everybody just came in and hung out in the room with me. Yeah. Um, and then eventually Blake kicked everybody out and I went to sleep for, I thought it was like 10 minutes. Blake said I slept for a good while. Didn't seem like that to me, but he said I slept for a good while after the epidural. And then the doc, the nurse came in. He's like, she's like, oh wow, this is gonna move pretty quickly. I was like, okay, like, okay. And she was like, yeah, no. She's like, I bet you you're you're gonna have a baby real soon. I was like, okay. So she was right. They started prepping the room up. She was the nicest lady. They started prepping the room up, and I got they kicked me out. They kicked and my mom. Yes, I told everybody had to leave except for me and Blake and the doctors. That was it. Nobody else was allowed in there. We had like a squad of people. It was yeah. like nine or ten people, there were a hell of people waiting on Landon to get here. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, I mean, Landon came in about 38 minutes. Um, we did, I did like three solid pushes. They were like, 
they tell you to push in like increments of 12. I think it's three increments of 12. It's 10 or 12 seconds. Um, so we did three of those. And the last push, he was here and he was here. And he was, Bam. He was cute and little. And tiny as heck. His, his, he's seven, seven pounds, four ounces or seven pounds, eight ounces, something. He was under eight pounds. He's he was, just slid out like a jellyfish. He was ten, yeah. Not quite like a jellyfish. Um, he was his, he had, he had a tiny head, his little head. Still does. Yeah, he still has a little head, but he's, he was so cute. Just I got like to, his dad. I got to hold it. Yes. Blake has a small head also, which is great. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. Um, but I got to, I, the first thing they did was hand him to me. And then what was funny was I kept saying to them, I was like, do you need him? Like, no, you can hold him as long as you want. Like, we'll, we'll take him in ready. Because I thought they needed to take him from me. And they just kept telling me, no, you can hold him as long as you want. I was like, really? That's like, what yeah. that Austin is great about that. And they that. were just like, I just got to hold him and I just looked at him and I just cried. I cried. Actually, okay, so we're going to post our pictures, our postnatal pictures. <laughs> I am in bawling in tears, right? Okay. Ashley is like, like, just got this <laughs> reason away. Super grin on her face, which I am super excited about Landon coming in. So, but I am like highly, Blake and I are both just crying uncontrollably, uncontrollably. Like, it was so great. And I even still, when I watch the videos of Landon, like, of my most, cause thank, bless the Lord for freaking iPhone, like, video, photo, like, live photos. It is cool to see just like little, like, half a second clips of like the moment right after, like, Landon was here. So, but yeah, he came and he was, um, he was tiny, but adorable so and snuggly. He had black hair, like straight, he came and had a full head of hair. Yeah. Um, oh, so Phoenix had black hair too. If you have heartburn. I think that's true. Cause I, I have mad heartburn true. and he had hair. Yeah. Landon had hair and Phoenix had hair and yeah. Ash and I both had mad I never heartburn. had a, I never had a tum in my life until I was pregnant. Yeah. I never, yes. I never had heartburn ever in my life until, Lan until I was pregnant with Landon. So. Um, but yeah, so he came full head of hair and he didn't really cry. Like he cried enough for us to know that he was alive. But when he laid on me, he just looked at me. He yeah. just looked right at me. And he's changed a lot. Like his hair was silky black. Yeah. It is now like, if you've ever if you've seen any pictures of him, it's like, it's blonde and curly now. He has, he has blue eyes. He has hazel green. Hazel green eyes. Blue. They were like bright blue eyes when he was born. So yeah. he's, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't fun, but it now it thinking sweet. back, yeah. it was kind of traumatizing early, but like now we'll get, a, we'll get a little bit more into like our postpartum, um, experience when yeah. we talk with Brooke next week, but hope you guys enjoyed. Yeah. I think when both, when we look back on our births, we think positive things. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it was a positive experience. Um, honestly, when I hear some people's stories, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that sounds, yeah. I, I honestly, sometimes I have like a complex about, I feel like my birth went so smoothly that like mm -hmm. I have a complex about these moms that had these horrific like birthing experiences. So I would say listen to your mom podcast, be as knowledgeable as you possibly can when you go in there and advocate, have somebody to advocate for you and be knowledgeable so you can advocate for yourself. Yes. Yeah, so you can ask for what you want. And if you yeah. aren't able to have somebody that can. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, so, but okay. Well, that said, I think we are done. Yes. Our, this week's podcast. But thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Thank you. Um, we love you guys and we will um, see you guys. This is actually our 20th episode. Yeah, 20th. So we made it 20th all the way. 20th in 2020. Yes. 20 and 2020. We made it all the way to our 20th episode despite quarantine, whatever else. Uh, we made it all the way to episode 20. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. 20 episodes and 750 downloads. So we are so chugging along. So happy. Um, my goal is 52. So we are getting, we're, almost halfway there so um, but again yeah thank you guys for listening and we love you and we will talk to you soon